for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. And welcome to the very first Vintage Truth Podcast. I'm Jeff Kinley. I'm glad that you've joined me for this initial inaugural podcast. I'm very excited about what is planned for the future and for so many things we're going to cover over the months and the years to come. And thank you very much to all of you who have helped made this podcast possible. And I'm going to be giving a shout out to you specifically by name uh, at the end of this podcast. So be sure to stay tuned. But I think it's important for us to begin by just defining what in the world is vintage truth and why do we need a podcast about it, right? Well, the word vintage really just refers to something that that never goes out of style. In fact, it comes from the world of winemaking and it just refers to something that, that gets better with age. And when I talk about vintage truth, of course, I'm talking about God's vintage truth. I'm talking about the Bible, about the Word of God, uh, the original scriptures, and uh, the Bible that you hold in your hand. And, you know, today we are living in an era and in an age where truth is something that um, that is kind of up for grabs right now. People think about truth in terms of what truth means to them. Uh, based on their reality. People, you know, view reality based on their feelings or based on circumstances or based on what's happening in the news and all these things. And so truth really becomes something that has really changed over time uh, in terms of the way society and culture sees it. Uh, But God doesn't see it that way. Uh, God has declared his truth in the scripture and the truth about life, about creation, about the world, about relationships, about thinking in the human mind and and marriage and family and gender and morality and everything that we deal with in our lives on a daily basis, God has already declared the truth about that. And all we need to do is to go back to the word and to just see what God says. Of course, today we're seeing right now that that vintage truth is really under attack. In fact, the world has never been so opposed to the truth that is found in the Word of God. There is a vitriol attack and opposition to the truth of God. And if you don't think that's true, just try standing up declaring what is true in the workplace or online or Facebook or somewhere like that, and you're going to be met with immediate opposition and, and some hatred for that as well. That's because the truth doesn't all doesn't always just uh, unite us, and uh, it doesn't always make us feel good. Sometimes the truth divides us between lies and what is real. You know, there's this huge thing out there with fake news and and things that you see on the media, and so many things that we're seeing online right now are turning out to be fake news. You know, we used to be able to go to somewhere like Snopes.com and find out if a story was like an urban legend or some myth or something someone made up. But you know what? That's what we're seeing a lot in the news today. And it's not just the mainstream media and that type of thing, although we do see it there. But we also see it just out on the Internet, you know. I mean, people post things and say things online that are just not true. And it's not just getting the facts wrong or a date wrong or what happened here or over here. It's really just declaring what is not true about about God or about relationships or about morality. And people think that their opinions are on the same level with God's vintage truth. In fact, they pretty much cast away God's truth, and now they're just following their own desires. And what's really interesting is that the Bible says that is exactly what will happen in the last days. 
you know, when Paul wrote to Timothy, uh, you know, Timothy was Paul's disciple and uh, he followed Paul. And of course, Paul wrote these two letters to Timothy to help him because he was a young pastor uh, in a church. And uh, it's very interesting. He says um, in 2 Timothy, over in uh, chapter uh, chapter 3, Paul says this to 2 Timothy. This, this relates to vintage truth here. He says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Okay, Paul, I get you. So what do the difficult days look like? Well, he goes on to explain it in verse 2. He says, for men will be lovers of self. Wow, that didn't describe people today, right? Lovers of money. They'll be boastful. They'll be arrogant. Revilers. Disobedient to parents. Ungrateful. Unholy. Unloving. Irreconcilable. Malicious gossips. Without self-control. Brutal haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And if that doesn't describe American culture today, nothing does. And doesn't that go back to what I just said earlier about, about something getting better with time, vintage things, you know? It's like the Bible doesn't go out of style. It like gets more in style in terms of the way it addresses our culture in the context of where we're living today. And so when we see God's truth, we go, wow, it's like God wrote that this morning. But yet Paul goes on in verse five, he says that these same people, some of these same people, it says, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power and avoid such men as these. And so Paul's talking about the end of time when, when really humanity will become like it was in the days of Noah. And there'll, there'll be a, a, a pandemic godlessness throughout the land. And that's just one way that the Bible speaks to culture today. But, you know, kind of flipping that over more on a little bit of the positive side, you know, the Bible speaks to our lives today. In fact, God's vintage truth is what sustains us. You know, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And you know, what he's talking about there is, is the fact that our spirits, because we are human beings, we're created in the image of God, that we were designed, we're created, we're hardwired to receive stuff from God, from our creator. That's how we get our nourishment in life. That's how we feed our, our spirits. That's how we feed our joy and our contentment, our happiness, our fulfillment, all those things. It has to come from the creator. And Jesus said that comes through the word of God because the Bible is God's written revelation to mankind. And in the future series, I'm going to cover how we got our Bible and how to understand the Bible and, and, and problems that people have with the Bible. I'm going to address all that in the future in future podcasts. But for now, suffice it to say that Jesus said we need to eat God's word. We need to consume God's word. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 2, in the first couple of verses there, Peter said, like newborn babes, sincerely desire the milk of the word, that with it you may be able to grow in your life, in your Christian life. You know, if you've been around a newborn baby, you know that they cry for milk. Well, they don't just cry for milk. They wail for milk. They want milk meat. They, they want milk and then they want meat later on, right? When they get teeth. But you cannot deny a baby's cry for food. And, and if your baby doesn't want to eat, then 
you've got a problem. In fact, one time, one of our, our sons wasn't eating, and we called up the doctor. This when he was a little baby. Called up the doctor and said, Doctor, our son's not eating. What do we do? You know what he said? He said he'll eat when he gets hungry. He'll eat when he gets hungry. And, you know, that's the way we are as Christians. You know, we, we eat when we get hungry. The problem is, is that we're not very hungry today for God's word. You know, we're hungry for social media. We're hungry for Instagram. You know, we're hungry for, for selfies. We're hungry to post our pics and we're hungry to be in relationships and to go places and to see people and to be seen. But are we really hungry for God's word? You know, George Barna, the famous pollster, came out with a statistic not long ago where he said that less than 20%, I think it was around 18%, less than 20% of professing Christians read their Bible on a daily basis. That's, that's only one out of five. So take five people, or excuse me, take, one, take a church, and you've got 100 people in that church. Well, one out of five, what is that, 20? So 20 of those 100 people are reading their Bible on a daily basis. In other words, 20 of those people are feeding themselves regularly. Have you ever gone a day without food? I mean, like, maybe on purpose, you know, maybe like, okay, I'm going to fast or whatever. But have you ever, like, forgotten to eat? I mean, literally forgotten to put food in your body? I mean, I confess, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a breakfast guy, so I, I get up, coffee is my breakfast, but every now and then I'll, I'll eat a breakfast. But lunch sometimes, you know, I'll be working so hard and have my face in a book or I'm writing something, you know, I'll forget to eat lunch. And then I'll, at dinner time, I'll say to my wife, did, did I eat lunch today? She says, no, you never came over to the house. You, you, you didn't eat lunch. So I understand sometimes we forget things, but, but we don't go a whole day and just forget to eat. You know why? Very simple. Our body tells us that it's time to eat. <laughs> our body tells us that we're hungry. We get, we get you know, growing these growls in our stomach, you know, and that tells us that it's time to put food in our body. And yeah, apparently for some reason, four out of five Christians are not having those hunger pains today in America. Four out of five Christians, 80 out of 100 Christians are not putting God's word into their minds and their hearts on a daily basis. Why is that? You know, I think one reason is simply because we're filling our hearts and our minds with so many other things. There's so many other goodies out there. Like not long ago, I went to this, uh, this old fashioned candy store and in it was like every candy from your childhood, literally every nostalgic type of candy bar. And depending on what generation you're from, you know, those different candy bars and, and gum and drinks and everything else was there. You know, people go in there, just load up baskets full of this sugar, you know. And I was able to walk out without buying anything, but I, but I thought about it. I did actually think about it. But, you know, that's what sometimes we do spiritually. We, we load our minds. We load our relationships. We load our, our thinking and our perspective on life. We, we put stuff into us that gives us a temporary feeling of being filled, but it really hasn't done anything. It hasn't added to our life. It hasn't made us more wise about life. It hasn't strengthened us to be able to fight every day. It hasn't given us perseverance to go through the day. It hasn't given us power to overcome our problems. 
It hasn't given us insight into why things are happening the way that they're happening today. That's what the Word of God does. And nothing else can do that. Twitter feed can't do that. Some meme can't do that. Instagram can't do that. Yeah, these are just, you know, mind candy, okay? But only the Word of God can do that. And that's one of the things that is my desire for this podcast is to help you begin to calibrate your mind to the Word of God. You remember back when people would like sync their phones? <laughs> my phone just went off. To sync their phones to their computers, you know, to make sure they had their music and everything was synced and their pictures and all this other stuff to sync it together. Of course, now, you know, we're listening to Spotify and we've got online stuff, you know, and you're listening to this podcast. But people used to sync their phones. You know, that's what we need to do with God. We need to daily sync our minds with the Word of God and calibrate ourselves and align ourselves. Make sure that we're aligned, like tuning a guitar. Just make sure all the strings are in tune before you start playing chords for the day. You know, that's what we need to do with God's word. Yeah, I'm looking at my Bible right now and I'll confess, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that sometimes I'll get so busy or I'll be doing something. I'll write something, be writing something about the word of God. And sometimes I'll neglect just to be in the Bible just for myself. I think there's a tendency. I think another reason why four out of five Christians don't read the Bible daily is because we grew up in a culture and some of you grew up in a Christian culture. I, I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't have all the stories and the facts and the cool stuff, you know. But some of you grew up in a culture where you were told the Bible stories. So you kind of got the basics down. I mean, you heard about Moses and, and the Red Sea and Noah and the Ark and David and Goliath and Samson and Delilah and, you know, Elijah and the chariots of fire and then Jesus and the water to wine and you know, he died on the cross and rose again Easter. And that's when I put on, you know, nice clothes and go to church and all this other stuff. You got the basics down, but you never really understood the whys behind them or really the true significance of all those stories. And so you think mistakenly that because you got the stories down that you kind of got the Bible mastered. Well, I got news for you. There's 66 separate books in the Bible containing an untold amount of truth and it'd be like saying you know i went down to uh destin or to uh seaside and we vacationed down there and hey while i was down there i went swimming in the gulf of mexico and somehow in the back of your mind because you went swimming in the gulf of mexico maybe more than once you think you've kind of you kind of got the gulf of mexico down I've kind of got that, I kind of understand it now. But you didn't go out far enough. You didn't dive down deep enough. You didn't go deep sea diving. You weren't able to get in a submersible and go down and find out what's really down there. That's the way a lot of people are with the Bible. They've dipped their toe in a few times. You know, they've, they've been in church all their life. They have a Bible. They own it. Maybe even be a part of a Bible study occasionally. But the real question is, are you continuing to explore? Because there's so much to learn in the Bible. And I've been a Christian for a very, very long time. And I've been to seminary. And I'm looking at a Master of Theology degree on my wall that tells me that I've studied the original Hebrew and Greek and every book in the entire Bible and systematic theology and historical theology. And I've done it all. And I've spent 30 plus years teaching the Bible to people. 
I've written over 30 books on the Bible and the Christian life and theology. And I'm here to tell you right now that every time I get in that boat and go out, I find something new. Every time I dive into God's word, I get a deeper understanding of what it really means to know God and to understand his word. You know why? Because God's word comes from a, an infinite source. God's mind is infinite. His truth is infinite. And he's written his revelation to man. And there's so many different ways that we understand how to work out the, the vintage truth in our own lives. You know, the Bible, there's one interpretation of every verse, but, but there are many applications of those verses. And it's fascinating to me to see over the years how I look at, I turn every page of my Bible and there's markings and there's underlines and there's circles and there's other scriptures and verses to the side and there's notes up and down and there's, it's in pencil, it's in ink, it's in highlight and, and there's just, you know, finger oil on every page. But you know what? I've still got a lot to learn. You know, Paul said in Philippians, when he's writing to this group of people that he loves so much because they had given a gift to his ministry and the book of Philippians is actually a thank you letter to the Philippians for the gift that they gave to him. I don't know if you knew that or not. But in Philippians chapter four, excuse me, chapter three, this is what Paul says. He says, I just want to know him and the power of his resurrection. This is verse 10. And the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. And in verse 12, he says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know why Paul said that? Paul said that because he, he knows that he's a human being. Even though he was used to write the word of God, he knows he's still got a long way to go. You know, that's who this podcast is for. This podcast is for those who realize, hey, I've got a long way to go. And Jeff Kinley's going to help me get there. I hope you'll tune into these podcasts. I hope you'll, you'll listen to them as you're driving to work or as you're out mowing the yard or as you're preparing food in the kitchen or, or studying, not, not studying maybe, but, but preparing to study for a test or whenever you have some free time. If you're able to open your Bible and follow along, that would be amazing. But just know that Vintage Truth Podcast is here to help you grow in your faith, to understand the Word of God, to understand life itself through the Word of God. And with me as your teacher, I'm going to take you through all kinds of amazing adventures throughout the Bible. So I hope you'll subscribe, hope you'll tell your friends, and I hope you'll listen in. Because, you know, only one thing matters, and that's your relationship with Jesus Christ. And this podcast exists so that you can have a better relationship with him. Is that what you want? If you really want that, then tune in. I guarantee you it's going to be a sweet ride. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm going to come back in just a second and thank some very special people for being involved in helping me get this podcast ministry started. A ministry like the Vintage Truth Podcast doesn't just happen magically. It doesn't just appear one day. It happens because people come together because they believe in this ministry that I have uh, to America and to the world. 
And, you know, through my books, uh, I've been able to speak and to minister to people literally all over the world. And I get emails from people uh, from the other side of the world, from Australia and from Europe and different places, talking about what my books have meant to them. And so that's one of the great things about writing is you get to go places uh, without even going there. And that's fine. I, I only care that they remember who Jesus is and what his word says to them. That's what's most important. But I was talking with someone here recently. In fact, it was my sister-in-law, Roseanne Kinley. And Roseanne said, you know, Jeff, we were just talking the other day about how you really need to get your voice out there. You need to be on the radio. You need to be have a podcast. Your ministry needs to broaden itself because too many people are, are not hearing the message that you have and you need to get yourself out there. And so she put a bug in my brain, something I'd been thinking about, but it was really the encouragement that I needed to really launch this podcast ministry. And so I started this GoFundMe campaign and uh, we're about two thirds there right now. We've, we've got probably about $1,100 to go uh, to really get this thing up and going, but we're kind of running on, uh, on bare bones right now, which is cool. Um, but I just want to thank some people publicly for investing into this podcast ministry and to name them by name. I know I'm going to embarrass some of them. I don't care. I still want to thank them and encourage them uh, for their belief in our ministry. And uh, different ones of these people gave in varying amounts. It's not the amount that's really important. It's the fact that they believe in what's going on here. And uh, they're going to be getting some goodies in the mail here uh, pretty soon. As soon as we get this campaign wrapped up, we're going to be shipping off books and all kinds of cool things to them. But here are just some of the names of some people that have uh, graciously invested in this ministry. Rick Allen, Ann Bolt, Jill Steele, Kathy Schwanke, Jim and Nancy Bleckley, Bob Ulrich, Chris Bakke, Rick Jaggers, Amanda Kroger, Stella Williams, John Coley, Casey Coggin, Barbara Brannon, Scott Hendren, Teresa Phillips, Chris Hull, and Carla Holt. And there are also some anonymous gifts that have been given towards uh, this campaign. These are people that only God knows who they are. But I want to say a collective thank you to all of you who have invested in this and some of you even who will invest into this campaign to help me take God's word across the country in a very unique way. If you've been a part of my ministry over the years, you know that I try to give the word of God in a way that really makes sense to people. And to be honest, that's the comment that I get thousands upon thousands of times is that Jeff, you make the Bible understandable. And that's what I want to do. That's my giftedness. That's my desire. That's my calling. And that's my gift to you. So thank you to all you guys who have made this possible. Hey, join me for episode two coming up in just a few days. The broadcast times will be posted on jeffkinley.com, my Facebook page, Jeff Kinley Author Speaker. And also sign up for my email newsletter at jeffkinley.com. I'll be giving you updates on things that are happening. And also subscribe to this podcast. We'll see you next time.